right, everybody, welcome back to the Big Ticket Show. You made it. You're here. I'm here. Let's get it started. We took a week off. We did, okay? I took a fucking week off. We got a new day of the week that we're releasing this sucker. It's Thursdays now. I don't know what I was thinking with the Wednesday. It's like my busiest day at work. Uh, I don't know what I was thinking. So anyway, we're here on Thursdays now. Boy, does Thursday just feel cozier. I already feel like I'm tucked into a nice blanket. It's raining outside and I just got a cup of tea watching my favorite Netflix show. Wednesday was like, ooh, I forgot my rain jacket and I'm I'm out in the, I got caught in the rain and it, ooh, it's cold and I'm, ugh, I'm somehow sweating, but I'm also cold. I don't know. That's Wednesday. This is Thursday. Cozy up against a nice fire. Anyway, let's start the show. In a little bit, I'm going to be talking to you guys for way too long about how impressed I am with the invention of the toaster. But before I get there, I want to say a quick thing. Do you guys feel like the Acho brothers are being just completely forced on us? I've never heard anyone say, hey, you know who I love? Emmanuel and Sam Acho. But when you turn on FS1 or ESPN, it's always one or the other. I mean, you turn on ESPN, he's on every fucking show. From 7 in the morning to the 7 o'clock hour sports center at night. Sam Acho's fucking there with his big old smile, nodding along. And then you go to FS1, it's like, God, I need a break from this fucking guy. Can I get a different perspective? There's his fucking brother. And when you, even when you're not watching either of them, Emmanuel's got a couple commercials now. He's got the fucking, he's got the pretentious car commercial, just like Matthew McConaughey. It's like, God, the Achos, I've never heard anyone, they're fine. I don't mind them. They were a good piece on, on a show. One show. But for fuck's sake, they're everywhere. I cannot get away from the Achos. It's just a steady, never-ending diet of the fucking achos. And I, I do wish we could just take a step back. One step back. I wish these shows asked for our feedback. You know what? I like them for about 15 minutes. But it was the next six and a half hours of your programming with him still in it that really got under my skin. I don't want to hear either of their opinions again until tomorrow, okay? Give me one of your other guys. You got a bunch of people there. Give me a little Mel Kuyper. I know there's no draft soon, but throw him back in the mix. Get him into a little August programming, a little early September programming. It doesn't have to all be April for him, okay? Give me a little more Greeny, okay? They love Greeny. I love Greeny. I feel like everybody loves Greeny. No one says they love the Achos. No one says they hate them. But why am I getting so much of them? I need less. I need less. Anyway, that was just a thought. I just, I, that's been simmering inside of me for the past month and I, I just had to let it out. I had to let them out. No offense to the Achos. I really do like them. I just, you know, everything in moderation, excess in moderation. And right now I'm just getting excess with the fucking Acho brothers. Anyway, that's one. This is two before I get to this scintillating toaster story that I know you're all excited about. I'm not diving into the nitty gritty of the vaccination stuff, okay? There's a lot There's a lot of people out there smarter than me who can tell you a lot more information about it. I'm not your guy for important stuff like that. But I do want to talk about it as it pertains to sports. Right now, you're hearing almost every story is about did they make... Did they cut him because he didn't get vaccinated? Oh, gosh. Well, he wasn't vaccinated. That's why they cut him. And it's more than Cam Newton. There's a bunch of people who they're talking about. But Cam is obviously the biggest story right now with the... Oh, did they cut him because of the vaccination? Let me 
to tell you something, folks. Obviously, that's probably a factor. But ain't nobody cutting Patrick Mahomes if he decided he didn't want to get vaccinated. It, that is only going to be an issue up to a certain point. If you are Aaron Donald, if you are Patrick Mahomes, if you are Julio Jones, you're not getting cut if you don't want to get vaccinated. Again, I'm not taking a side here. I'm not saying you should or you shouldn't. I'm not in that game. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Do what's best for you. All I'm saying is the story that people who aren't getting vaccinated are getting cut is bullshit, okay? They're getting cut because they're not as talented as other guys on the roster. They're getting cut because it's not the right move for their franchise anymore. They're moving in a different direction. It might be a very small piece of the pie if it's between two guys and one guy's vaccinated and one guy isn't. They're probably going to go with the vaccinated guy. But other than that, it's not a story. But I turn the TV on, and it's always one of the things they're talking about. Was Cam Newton because he didn't get vaccinated? Is that why they cut him? They just want a reason to blame someone so bad. And you know what the truth is? And they're not going to tell you this because they need something to talk about 24-7. So they have to keep asking the question. But the answer is, he just was barely better than Matt Jones. And they said, hey, if we got two guys who are basically the same, let's start moving towards the future, not the past. That's it. Period. Full stop. That's it. Anyway, you know, sometimes these guys talk so much about something that they make you think that it's really important, but it's not. They're just talking about it a lot. And that's it. That's it. We turn these stories into something so big because it's all they talk about for months, but they're only talking about it because there's no other stories, which mean there really isn't a story to begin with. It's like when you hear a song on the radio that you don't like, but you keep hearing it on the fucking radio, now you know all the words. And you start thinking to yourself, do I like this song? I know all the fucking words. I thought I didn't like this song. Why do I know all the fucking words? I'm just hearing it all the time. That's different than being important. That's different than me liking it. And I think sometimes, including myself, that can get sticky, that can get tricky, where I start to think, that it's important just because I keep hearing it, but it's just not. I don't like the song. There's no story there. Anyway, moving on to Toast. Do you guys think the first guy who came up with the toaster blew the fucking world away? Because forever, even if you watch some of these older shows or any period piece, it's like bread was all they ate, especially if you were poor. But the king is like shredding through an entire feast, especially he's got like a gigantic full turkey right out of the oven. He's just stuffing his face. But then anytime they cut back to like the peasants or just the regular people, it's like they're so thankful for a piece of bread. And it's always like a piece of bread that's been torn off of a bigger loaf. They never just have a nice slice there. And bread's just such, it's been around. It's one of the oldest foods we have. But this fucking guy came along and said, yeah. No, it's not bread anymore. It's fucking toast. And they're like, what, like warm bread? Like, no, no, not like warm bread. <laughs> it's fucking hard as shit on the outside, soft still on the inside. Like, oh my fucking God, what do you do with it? You just eat it like we always do? And he's like, no, spread some fucking butter on it. <laughs> I just gotta say, I mean, we've got some cool shit, refrigerators. You know, cars. I mean, everything you look at, basically. It's it's not that old. And it's all, I mean, just would blow people away, even just 100 years ago. You show them a fucking dishwasher 100 years ago? Oh, my God. 
What is this beautiful machine? I don't know why I made him sound Italian, like they're on, the, on some fucking vol volcano in Italy. Oh my god! Jeez! This is a volcano about to blow! I'm so excited! That's gotta be racist, but they're Italian, you know? I I'm Italian. I'm not Italian. I just said I was Italian because I wanted you guys to think that I was making fun of my own people. But I I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm Irish, and... Um, I'm not even even the smallest shred Italian, so I apologize to the Italian people, but trust me, some Irish jokes will be coming. I fire at everybody. I take no prisoners. I fire at absolutely everybody, especially myself. So don't don't worry. Don't worry, Italians. My day is coming. My day is coming, Italians. But anyway, back to the fucking toaster. This guy had to fucking blow people away because... While technology hasn't been around that long and they're expecting all this new shit to be coming out, what has been around since the beginning of time was fucking bread. And they could only have it one way. You might have different kinds. They might have the whole wheat. You might have the regular white. You might have a sour dough. But you know what they could never fucking do? Let's toast that shit. They could never toast that shit, okay? They could put it in an oven. They could put it in a brick oven. They could crust it. But you can't get sliced bread toast that was new that was brand new and to me folks you're talking to a guy who fucking loves a good slice of toast in the morning i'm not talking about you know a special morning of course i love the diner treatment i love it all i'm a huge breakfast guy but if it's a normal morning and i'm on the run and i just need something real quick God, nothing gets me by like just a slice of toast. Quick, come down, make a cup of coffee, throw a slice of bread in the toaster, wipe it with some butter, and get the fuck out. And it is so great because you get the crunch. If you have the fixation with the crunch like I do, I love a good crunch. You get that with the toast. You want the warmth. You get that with the toast. You still want something soft on the inside. You get that with the fucking toast. You like to spread butter on shit and not look weird? Fucking toast is your game, man! I just can't believe... I mean, the guy who came up with the toaster must have been showered with fucking blowjobs. Oh my god, he... Oh my god. I mean, he must have blew the dishwasher guy out of the fucking water. And the, the refrigerator guy, forget about it. This guy was long forgotten. The toaster guy was the king of appliance inventions. I'm telling you this, he had to be. I'm coming from no place of historic knowledge. I am speculating based on the impressive nature of the appliance. Sure, the refrigerator keeps your shit cold. Finally, things don't spoil like they used to. We can keep things for much longer. We can keep cool things actually in a fridge, in our home for longer. But this guy's fucking taking bread and he's making it into toast. Two completely different things. You cannot get a good slice of toast without a toaster. You just can't, folks. You just can't. Try putting it in an oven. Try putting it in a pan on the stovetop. You get something that resembles toast, but folks, it is not toast. You put it in the oven. You get something that resembles toast, but it's not toast. You put it in the microwave. You get nothing fucking close to toast. You put it in the toaster. You're getting fucking toast. That was way too long of a rant about a toaster, but I just, I had never really sat down and actually thought about the toaster and that there was a time when someone invented it and it just blew my fucking mind and I had to share it with you. I just, I just had to. All right, moving on. 
Well, folks, you can't get away from these fucking guys if you turn on ESPN, Fox Sports, anyone relating to sports whatsoever. So we might as well talk about these fucking rookie quarterbacks, even though I think it's fucking ridiculous. I really do that we're even talking about them right now. You know what's funny about all these pundits, all these sports guys, all these personalities? They'll all do this. They all qualify by saying preseason means absolutely nothing. I don't know why we're talking about it, but since we are, and then they proceed to make all of these predictions about these rookie quarterbacks, even after they stated preseason means nothing. We don't even know what we're looking at. I mean, coaches are just trying things. They're not even always trying to score. They're just trying trick plays. They're trying different plays that they wouldn't normally try. They're just seeing how things look, but then they go on to make predictions about what Trevor Lawrence's career is going to be like. Is Justin Fields ready to carry the weight of the Chicago Bears franchise? It's like, Jesus Christ. I get that you guys have to fill the day and you don't really have a lot. So you just keep talking about these rookies. But at the same time, it's like these guys are so hyperbolic. It's unbelievable. Preseason, they were right in the beginning of their sentence, and that's where it should have ended, which is why I don't have a lot to say about any of these rookie quarterbacks. Uh, preseason means fucking nothing. It means fucking nothing. And you want to know how I know that other than my whole life of watching preseason football versus regular season football? Go to the Vegas odd lines. They've had the spreads up for week one for months and months and months. And every single day, they're analyzing every dump Justin Fields takes. They report when Trevor Lawrence takes a piss. And they create a whole story around it. Uh, this week, Trevor Lawrence looks terrible. Last week, he how could you not start him? You know, all this crap. And they will make up so much shit and twist your mind and make you think that preseason means something. But you want to know how little it fucking means? All of this nonsense. Everything since preseason has started. Almost none of the spreads have changed a lick, which means Vegas ain't buying any of it. And you know what? Vegas knows what the fuck it's doing. The spreads don't lie. If if Justin Fields really blew, blew away everybody and he looks like the MVP and the Eagles fucked up and everyone who didn't take Justin Fields and the Bears are geniuses, well, Vegas ain't buying it. He might be all those things, but you know what? Vegas ain't buying it. They The Bears are still the same Bears they thought they were four months ago. And you know what? Vegas always knows. They always know. And beyond that, it just means so fucking little. These defenses sometimes line up not even trying to play the offense that's set up. They're all doing different things. That's why preseason means so little. It's important... You can evaluate a few things for sure, but a lot of people watch preseason and don't even understand what their team is doing. It's like, how could they not be scoring right now? Well, your quarterback's trying things to see if they work, and they're they're ruling things out that they're going to be doing for the regular season. They are not trying to run their full offense right now. They're oftentimes not even running against the defense that's set up. Okay, they're not calling audibles. They're not even playing against the other team half the time. The only thing you know for sure when you're watching a preseason football game is these kickers and punters. These kickers are 
all, they're never trying anything but to kick that field goal. So if your guy can't make an extra point, if he's missing field goals left and right, he is not ever trying anything other than to fucking make that field goal. So they're the only ones you can properly evaluate when you are watching preseason football. That kicker is trying to make that kick. And I've seen a lot of young men over the last couple weeks miss extra points, miss 40-yard field goals, miss 37-yard field goals, and that is the only thing I know for sure. Good teams look bad. Bad teams look good. Preseason means fucking nothing. And you can listen to Skip Bayless, Max Kellerman, Greeny, all these fucking guys. They're just trying to fill the days without actually having a story. Don't hang on every word they say. So many people, day to day, oh, Coward said this, but... That guy has nothing to talk about all summer, and he has to drum up his own fucking topics, okay? He just gets off on these little things he hears that I think he makes up just so he, he can fill a three-hour show. And you want to know why they mean nothing? Because Vegas spreads are exactly the same. Now, I will speculate a little bit because I do have a few thoughts about these quarterbacks, but not much. They all look good. They all look good. I mean, they all, and by good, again, we don't know what they're trying to do. But by good, I mean, you. we've all seen rookie quarterbacks, you know, come up. And even in preseason games, they just, the confidence doesn't look like it's there. The release, you know, back when they played college, it looked fast, but that's because they're playing a college game. Then they get up to the pros and, and the release looks slow. And you're like, oh my God, that ball is not getting out of that guy's hand fast enough. What's going on? You know, like, you know, when Brady Quinn would come up or Matt Leiner and all these other guys, like, wow, they were so dominant. But now they don't even look like they're playing in the same league as some of these other guys. What I will say is all of the, what is there, six of them? There are five of them that we've been watching. Trey Lance, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. That's five. There might be another one. I don't know. The one thing I'll say is all five of them look confident. They all look comfortable in a pocket. They don't look scared. They don't look like, oh my God, the game is moving really quickly. Again, it's just preseason. But that is one thing that all five of those teams should be happy about. Like, okay, well, at least none of them look like the release out of their hands coming slow. They, they look like they're ready. Now, who knows? Uh, half these guys got drafted to shit teams, which means shit offensive lines, which means they're probably going to be running for their goddamn life all season long, including Trevor Lawrence. Poor fucking guy. They should have kept Gardner and started him this year just to protect Trevor Lawrence from getting a season-ending uh, fuck a season-ending injury and get yourself another top-five draft pick and get yourself some offensive line help and maybe another weapon. And then start Trevor next year. But they could never do that. The franchise will not play for the next 10 years. They want to play for next week. That's how it always is. I get it. It's a business. It's not It's not all fun and games here. It's a business. The GM would be fired if he didn't play Trevor. I get it. But that would be the smart thing for the Jaguars to do. Because that guy, that precious boy who we've been all, who some of these guys have been following for the last 10 years since he got his first pubic hair. You know, he's going to be running for his life, and God forbid he gets a season-ending surgery or or a life-altering injury, God forbid, you know. But he will be playing behind a terrible offensive line. And Zach Wilson won't be playing behind much of a better one. And Justin Fields might be playing behind the worst of all of them. So all this rookie quarterback shit, it's much ado about nothing, folks. Don't listen to it. Find other ways to fill your day than watch ESPN or Fox Sports 
during the summer and even more specifically during preseason football. Tune back in in September when they actually got shit to talk about. In just a couple more weeks, folks, we'll have college football. We'll have regular season football. Hockey won't be far behind that. Basketball won't be far behind that. And we'll have playoff baseball. So just hold out a couple more weeks. Go outside, enjoy the summer, and don't fucking listen to Cowherd, to fucking Kellerman, to Stephen A., to Skip, to Shannon, because they got nothing to fucking do. In a couple weeks, they'll have something to talk about. But for now, enjoy the last few weeks of summer and just turn the TV off and turn those fucking guys off because all of it means nothing. Just check the Vegas spread. I promise you, it means fucking nothing. All right, folks, today we have our very first sponsor, and it's Circuit City. We are so excited to have Circuit City on board, and they just want you to know to come on down for their blue light sale whenever you need something. Get your keyboards, get your HDMI cords, and get your phone wire. Circuit City is the spot. They want to tell you that they don't think Target's going to last. They don't think Best Buy's got it. They don't think Walmart's got the staying power, okay? Circuit City has got everything you need. From floppy disks all the way to aux cards, they've got everything you need, unless it came out in the last 15 years. But if you need some retro tech, Circuit City's your spot, okay? Use promo code BIGTICKET, okay? Use promo code BIGTICKET for 15% off any one aux cord okay that's gonna be good for one aux cord folks that will not be acceptable for two you'll be paying full price for two aux cords okay and it, it does not work on floppy disks either i tried it myself because i needed a floppy and uh i don't know they're just not budging on it i uh i really pushed the envelope there and uh no movement zero movement yeah i don't know i mean circuit city's only um uh, i don't know they're struggling i think i actually um yeah, they are. They are. They they actually wanted me to tell you that Blue Light Sales actually Kmart, another struggling company. I think there's one left. Basically, this is an ad for one aux cord, and you can get 15% off an already $2 item at Circuit City if you can find one. And hopefully you have a time machine to go find that Circuit City. Uh, use promo code BIGTICKET for 15% off your aux cord, one aux cord. One ox cord per customer. Circuit City, folks. They've got the circuits. You've got the convenience. Let them circuit your city today. Circuit City, big ticket, promo code, one ox cord, 15% off. Go check them out. I like to think I'm pretty good at giving nicknames. You know, not really good nicknames, but kind of shitty nicknames. I was throwing Trevi Fountain around. I was talking to my dad the other day, and he doesn't always get my humor. But I was throwing around Trevi Fountain. I said, hey, Dad, what do you think about Trevor Lawrence? Trevi Fountain. Here comes Trevi Fountain. Okay, come on. <laughs> Big outing here, Trevi Fountain. Let's go. And he said, oh, that doesn't really make any sense. He's not Italian. And I said, well, yeah, it definitely would be a better nickname if he was Italian. But get this. The Trevi Fountain is where you go to throw a nickel or a quarter or a dime for a wish to come true. That's what the Jacksonville Jaguars are doing with this kid. They're throwing a little money in this fountain and hoping all their dreams come true. The Trevi Fountain, the fountain of dreams, the fountain of youth. Anyway, this isn't a whole segment. That was just something I want to run by you guys because, you know, I understand it's not the best nickname in the world, but I think it could catch fire. I think it could catch fire. 
We got to get a hold of his 23andMe report and see if there's even a sliver of Italian in there because, boy, man, if his name was Trevor Mozzanti, if his name was Trevor Soprano, if his name was Trevor Gaultieri, if his name was Trevor Bacala, I mean, that would be a killer fucking nickname. Lawrence just is the most fucking guy, fucking Gentile, fucking English fucking last name there is. But if this kid's got maybe on the mother's side where he didn't get the last name, just even 5% Italian. I think Trevi Fountain is a phenomenal nickname for the young man. Moving on. I'm not going to hover on that one too long. Because there's going to be a good amount of you who don't think that's funny at all. And it's not a good nickname. And by some, I mean most. Next, I want to talk about my guy, Jameis Winston. And I say my guy with... uh, Have I talked about him on this show yet? He is one of my favorite NFL players of all time. And I am not being hyperbolic, folks. Genuinely of all time. There was a job during COVID where I was up for for writing articles, little sports articles, mainly funny. You weren't going, it was almost more like onion-ish. It wasn't totally fake, but you weren't coming to this site to get your news. It was just a funny article and maybe something obscure about the NFL that week or, or any sports. I, Jameis Winston was my favorite guy to write about because he was endless, obscure, unimportant content. He was always doing something, and it was hilarious. Because when he does something, it's always either goofy, way too much, awkward. There's something about him that both has swagger, and he's the goofiest guy I've ever fucking seen in my life. I mean, we all remember him fucking eating the W's. and I mean, is that not just the weirdest fucking thing you've ever seen? It's both cringy, hilarious, and just... Oh, it's so many feelings at once, so many conflicting feelings. The best part of that video, and I think you all would agree, is that no one's responding. It's not even him fucking sticking his fingers all the way down his throat. He didn't even stick a little bit of the W. He stuck his whole fucking fingers down his throat. But the funniest part is that no one on his team responded. The whole team was like, oh boy, we're trying to get fired up for this game, and this guy's just... uh..." Uh, he might have the talent, but he does not have the leadership. He certainly does not have the... This guy needs to take a public speaking course because this is not selling us on winning this game. Anyway, he's back at his old antics. He's doing more of the same. There was a video that was going around this past week of my guy Jameis Winston trying to do a running back drill. He's running through the dummy pads, and he is just stumbling, bumbling through this fucking thing. He looks like he's never hit a pad in his entire life. Granted, he's a fucking, you know, he's not a running back. He's a quarterback. But he just looks so unathletic. He looks like a pinball getting bounced around the machine in all the wrong ways. Like, you know how, like, you have control of all of the paddles, but occasionally you can hit those bumpers and the ball just has a mind of its own and the fucking bumpers. I mean, that's what he was in that fucking thing. He didn't know where he was going to land. He didn't know where he was going to come out. He was just hoping that he got out of there alive and he still had the ball in his hands. And to his credit, he fucking made it through. He did. He didn't make it through. Again, swagger and goofiness. This guy is endless. And then there's another video of him just holding his fi- his hand up in the air and shaking his sh- his hips. And it's like, 
God, he's, he's such a such a goofy guy. He doesn't even have the starting job yet because this came out before the last game, which I think he probably won the job there. But he, he didn't win the job. He doesn't look all that athletic doing it. But you know what? I mean, when he's out there, he throws a ton of interceptions, but he he makes a ton of great throws too. He's an, he's an anomaly. I've never seen anyone like him so awkward and so talented at the same time. Anyway, cut to this last preseason game, and he threw two astounding balls and pretty much won himself the job. I mean, Taysom Hill needed to be excellent to win the job, and he was okay. He was good. I mean, he looks like he could be fine, but Jameis Winston was stellar. I mean, don't get me wrong. This, I think it was Callaway, right, who made—I mean, there were excellent catches— but also excellent balls. I mean, Jameis threw it exactly where it needed to be, and if someone thought it was a fluke, if someone thought that first one was a fluke, he immediately went back out there and threw another dime and another great catch by Callaway. I mean, it was it was impressive. I mean, you know, the kid is going to go out there and he's going to throw his fair share of interceptions, although he did look like he learned something from Drew. He went out there and he, he definitely had more patience. He de- You definitely saw that glint in his eye where he wanted to throw it deep, but Drew, but the Drew in him, the experience he had with Drew, held him back, which stopped that. I still think this guy, I think he learned a ton, but I think you'll never beat that completely out of him. But I think that's also what makes him special. He needs to take some of those shots, and he's going to throw some interceptions. He's a Brett Favre. He is going to make some amazing passes, and he's going to throw some meatballs up there for, for the defense to snag, and those numbers will never be pretty. But it, it won't be 35 touchdowns to 30 interceptions ever again. It might be 35 to 20, which is still a fuckload of interceptions, but that's a much... That's a number that you can live with, with his kind of talent, just like the Packers could live with Brett Favre and those types of numbers. I do think Jameis Winston can be a very good quarterback. I think the New Orleans Saints will be a very good competitive football team this season. I think you will not want to sleep on them, especially because of Sean Payton. A little more restraint with Jameis. He's just got something about him. He's just got something about him. He likes to win. He likes to throw great balls. He's going to win some games he shouldn't. But I just don't see them making any kind of playoff push. I think, you know, another year, another draft, another free agency, maybe they get a few more pieces. But I think this transition of quarterback from Drew to Jameis, no, he's not as good as Drew. But I don't think quarterback is going to be the issue they're going to need to sure up. And I do think Jameis can win a Super Bowl in New Orleans. I think he can win a Super Bowl. I don't think he's ever going to be the problem on a team. I think you need to get him some good players, some more Callaways who can make some great catches like that. He needs a good defense, but he is not going to be the problem. A lot of people were worried about what's going to happen after Drew. And I, I, I don't think the Saints will be a playoff contender but I also don't think Jameis is going to be the problem. I think they just need a few more pieces all around. Once upon a time, he was the problem. Uh, Tampa Bay had a very good team, but I think he learned a lot with Drew, and um, it's, uh, it's not going to be him anymore. I think he's all right. I think he can do this thing. Now, speaking of a guy like Jameis, Jameis is great because, you know, he, he, he lost his job, and now he's coming back. But sometimes when people lose their job for one reason or another, whether they're not playing well or they get injured, or they just never really get the shot from when they're they're drafted. I mean, we, we all know these guys who get drafted, and we want to see how they are. They have a they have potential, but they never really get a good shot, and then they finally get a shot, but then they have a few good games, and they get injured. 
We all know that story. That's happened to a ton of guys, and there's a bunch of guys who probably never got a legitimate shot, and they could have been very good quarterbacks. But that's the way the NFL is. It's not always fair. And sometimes you get an injury at the wrong time. And sometimes you never get another shot again. And if you did just get a shot and you could just stay healthy, you'd have been great. But that's, you know, no one said the NFL was fair. They got a brand new bunch of exciting quarterbacks coming in every year. So it's exciting when a guy like Teddy Bridgewater had that journey I just illustrated and he's getting a shot again. He is the starter for the Denver Broncos. Do I think Teddy Bridgewater is the next Peyton Manning? Of course not. Do I think he's the next greatest thing? Do I think he's a shoe-in for the Hall of Fame? No, I don't. But do I think he's an extremely talented quarterback who's only played very well when he's in, but people forgot about him for a while because he just kept getting injured and he got bounced around and no one wanted to take a surefire shot on him and then a bunch of new crops of quarterbacks come in and it was like, oh man, I wonder if Teddy's ever going to really get a shot. And here he is. He's getting his shot and he's not getting his shot on some shit football team. We're going to see what Teddy Bridgewater is really made of with a good team. This is a good football team that just needed a quarterback, and if Teddy Bridgewater can deliver, well, we know Carolina made a big mistake. We know the Vikings made a big mistake. We know all those people who just weren't a little more patient with the guy. I mean, the, the small sample size we had of him in Minnesota... He looked good, but people just didn't want to be patient, and they just forget. I mean, there's so much new information, new quarterbacks coming in every year. You just you just shove those old guys to the side. They're not making a splash like Justin Herbert. You're so quick to forget these guys now. You're so quick, and I get it. I mean, I get it. It's a, it's a fast-moving league, but it's so good to see a guy like Teddy Bridgewater get a shot. I think he deserves it. I think he's going to show up. I think he's going to be, at the very least, good. I think Denver will be a competing football team. I think the question to be answered is, how good can Teddy Bridgewater be? Will he reach that potential that he had when he was coming into the draft so many years ago? I shouldn't say so many. What was it, like three, maybe four years ago? I don't know. But it's always good when you see these guys bounce around and they're just not getting the luck. The luck's not falling their way. But Teddy's getting another shot. Teddy's getting that shot. Sam Darnold's getting that shot. Do I think Sam Darnold's as good as Teddy Bridgewater? No, I don't. Do I think Sam Darnold can be a good quarterback? Yes, I do. And I'm glad he's getting a shot outside of the Jets because that wasn't really a shot. That was, that was, that was just terrible. That was just <laughs> terrible. Uh, so, and I think Carolina's got a, another, that's another team that's got a good football team. There's a lot of good football teams out there this year. Just like last year, you know, there's some, some years where you're just like, oh man, there's a lot of, Okay, football teams. There's a lot of good football teams out there, folks. There's a lot of them. And even the teams that aren't going to be contending for the playoffs, there are a lot of good football teams that are just missing one or two things. Don't think any of these teams that have losing records this year aren't just a couple players away. There is no team out there, I think, I think, that isn't just a couple players away. There's not a team. And every year since I've been born, or at least paying attention, there's been just crap football teams. You're like, oh my God, they've got a long way to go. There's always been at least one. This is one of the first years, I believe, where I'm not sure there's a football team out there that isn't just a few players away. Maybe I didn't think this out long enough, and maybe you guys will roast me. Wow, it's usually the Browns or the Bills. 
I mean, I guess you got to look at the NFC East. I mean, if there's one team, it's the Eagles. But I, I, I personally, and I know I'm an Eagles fan, and I don't think they're going to be very good, but I also don't think the Eagles are as bad as everyone thinks. I think Jalen Hurts is going to surprise some people, and the best thing they have going for them is there's no expectations. Eagles hate expectations, and they have exactly zero expectations. People have zero expectations for Nick Sirianni. They have zero expectations for the whole team, and I think they're going to surprise people. I think they could win seven games. Anyway, that wasn't a very organized tangent, but I had a lot of feelings. After, I mean, I think the Jameis thing was pretty organized. And then after that, I just went on a rant, a rant about quarterbacks that haven't gotten a shot. Anyway, that's going to do it for the big ticket show, guys. Uh, I love doing this. Back on a regular schedule. Every week, we're going to be here with you, I promise. Uh, Thursdays now, though. Thursdays are cozy blanket day. That's our day in front of the fire shielded ourselves from the rain okay we're not going to be out in the cold anymore on those wednesdays so check us out every thursday folks get excited i know i am have a good one folks till next week <laughs>